Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we have on a really special guest. Her name is Mia Magic. And this conversation is really fucking fun and also cool and magical. Not to sound super cheesy, but it honestly was. And we just met her for the first time today and we just clicked into gear. We love her energy. We love her teaching. She's so freaking smart and just tapped in. So I'm excited to even be airing this episode because I just think that it's so grounding and um, needed, like perfectly right on time, divine timing for just in this winter season, connecting in to your magic and your authenticity and reclaiming your power. Yeah. So Mia is a one, three manifesting generator. And it was so fun to get to hear her gifts coming out and everything that she was sharing. So we share a bit about her chart in this episode. And Mia is an ambassador for modern magic, bringing the ancient ways to the modern day. As the headmistress of witch school, she guides her students to uncovering their unique power and spiritual gifts. She hosts international retreats in castles and wild natural environments to help people feel like they're spending a week at Hogwarts, which I absolutely love. I'm such a Harry Potter (laughs) nerd, which we kind of talk about in this episode. Mia inspires her students and clients to clear the blockages and painful programming within so that their innate power, wisdom, and intuition can flow freely and direct their lives. So we loved this conversation so much. And without further ado, let's jump right in. Okay, so for everyone listening, you probably know Mia. She's amazing. And welcome, Mia. How are you doing today? Thanks, love. I'm doing great. I'm yeah. looking out at the snowy mountains in front of me and I'm feeling very excited to share some magic with you guys today. Amazing. I guess I just want to start off with a question, which is so random. I have never, I haven't been into that, but lately, I don't know why the last like two people I have been. So random question coming through is what feels magical for you today, right now, in this current moment of where you're at? The most magical thing that I'm experiencing right now is actually the wisdom of winter. I've never lived in a snowy place before. I've well, that's not true. I lived in New York for a long time, but you know, you kind of just like hole up and you don't actually see the nature experiencing winter. You just like live in your small apartment and keep the heater on all day. And then the snow gets really dirty and it's kind of gross. <laughs> and, and I'm living up in the mountains right now in Boulder, Colorado to finish my book and just seeing the purity of the white blanket that covers everything. And even it's about to be full moon and we moved here right at the last full moon and, and watching the glistening 
snow, like glimmering and sparkling in the moonlight where I always go on full moon hikes, but this time it's not like the earth is absorbing the moonlight. It's reflecting it. And it's just emanating out into everything. And I have just been so deeply touched by this season of going internal and reflecting on and within ourselves and really being able to look at what our own darkness is meant to teach us. It's meant to offer us something. And that's what gives us sort of the fuel and the strength and the inspiration to then be reborn in spring. And so I'm just, I'm just in this like deep cocoon and it feels so, yeah, it feels so sweet and so magical to be connecting with a part of nature that just hasn't been a big piece of my reality before. Wow. Yeah. It has, that has not been a piece of my reality either. Living in Southern California, it's like, I've only ever experienced snow if I go for like a weekend or a vacation. Wow. I just never even thought about the moonlight being reflected off the snow and the magic that's there. That's so beautiful. Now I'm like, okay, I (laughs) get out of California for a winter and go experience that. It's pretty good. I was in LA for 10 years and I'm so... Yeah, I felt we just went there for a few days last week and I came back and then did my little walk out into the forest through the canyons and like the big massive boulders. And I was like, oh, I actually feel like I came home instead of left home for the moment. So it's been really good. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. Okay, so for everyone listening who isn't familiar with your work, can you just tell us a little bit about being a witch and getting into this magical realm and what it is that you do and share and teach and create. Yeah. So I think that it bears mentioning that Harry Potter is the largest grossing book and film franchise of all time. And I believe that that's because deep down inherently, we all actually want to be like Harry. We want someone like Hagrid to come to us and say, you're a wizard. There's a magical (laughs) world all around you and you just have to open your eyes. It's been here all along. And whether you are familiar with the characters or not, which you should be, but um, you know, (laughs) everyone's into different things. But for me, I just was always really connected to fantasy and fairy tales and I didn't know at the time, now I've done so much study and research, but fairy tales are actually one of the only ways that we kept our myths and legends, like we kept our ancient truths alive. We turned them into stories for children, but they were actually the only ways that we could sort of keep talking about our magic, keep talking about our relationships to the earth, keep talking about manifestation in a way that was safe. So as we know, witches have become something that are evil. And the word witch comes from old Germanic and old Scottish. There's a lot of different, you know, in English, we have a lot of different blends of the origin of our language, Latin and Anglo-Saxon and all of these different tribes and peoples really came together to create our modern language. And the word meant wise. It meant one with wisdom. So it was like the wise woman or the medicine man of the tribe. That was the witch. And that person would have been like our doctor. You know, we would never have said that our doctors were crazy. Back then, the only medicine we had came from plants. We didn't have anything that was being created in labs. There was no pharmaceuticals. It was like all you had was what came from the earth. And so my craft is very different from most people. I don't cast a lot of spells. I'm not really into some of the things that have become like typical of witchery. But I believe that that's what makes my 
teaching and also my students so special and so precious. I've had thousands of people go through my online program called Witch School that is like a online Hogwarts. And it's really about understanding that craft, also a German word, means strength or skill. So witchcraft is actually just strengthening the skill of our own wisdom. And how do we gain wisdom from our experiences, from the lessons that we learn, from what we go through in life, and from how we are willing or choose to grow from our hardships, right? How we alchemize our pain into power, our wounds into that wisdom. And so my craft is really deeply based on a relationship to the earth. I came from the old growth redwood forest in Northern California. And those trees have really been my greatest teachers and mentors. They're the oldest and largest living beings on the planet. They got a lot to share, you know, if we just learn how to listen. And so my work is really primarily about the understanding that the entire world around us has information for us. It's a reflection of us. It's always communicating with us. And if we can learn to speak that universal language, we can utilize everything in our lives to strengthen that skill of our wisdom and become magnets and also more empowered creators to draw in and and manifest that which we desire for our lives. And I just wanted to live a magical life, you know? So (laughs) finally my, the pain got to be too much of like, you know, trying to pretend like magic wasn't real. And I, I decided to just see what it would be like if I let myself bring my fairy tales into my reality. And it's been working pretty well for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love everything you said so much. And many moments throughout what you're saying, I smiled so big because I am the biggest Harry Potter fan of all time. Always have been, always will. So Shayna, literally her eyes like winked at me. I was like, (laughs) yes, we are here in this moment, loving it. And it's so true that there is that like underlying feeling, I think, of of missing that magic and remembering it without even really knowing. And that's why those stories can touch our heart like that. And I also really love what you said about fairy tales being like a safe way to pass on wisdom. And, you know, in our human design world, we talk a lot about science fiction, you know, okay, maybe it's too much for you in this moment to open your mind to this amazing quantum physics thing. But if we tell it to you in the version of this story, can you open your heart to it? And then can you feel what is resonant and wanting to be remembered within you? So it's so beautiful. And I do, I definitely think that the reclaiming these words, witch and magical, it's a powerful thing because, you know, we're all really wanting to connect more with our intuition. We're wanting to connect more with that feeling of like belonging and being guided by nature, being guided by the world. We all really want that, but we have these kind of like closed minds often because of our conditioning to these words like witch and magical. And it feels just, I think for people at first, like really hard to claim that with just love and seriousness. But the more that you kind of allow you know, moment by moment to yourself, to listen to the trees, to feel the magic in the forest. Like it really, truly unlocks just the magic and the beauty of this world. I mean, I love it so much. I'm really excited that we're having this conversation with you today. And, you know, as far as the trees having wisdom and and that being a part of your journey and of your life, 
I love that so much because we're always talking about how nature is like our greatest teacher. And even in our work in human design, understanding that we're meant to be diverse and unique and looking out in nature and seeing those patterns mirrored back and reflected back in everything we do. So it's just so beautiful, so much of what you've shared. And I'm curious, you know, this journey of working with magic and teaching and, you know, giving yourself permission to really own that and claim that. That's one of my favorite things that has struck me about you as we're like looking through your content and, you know, reading stuff that you've shared. It's it's so magical to see someone else just really owning what sparks that joy and, and, and doing it in their own authentic way. And I was curious if you could share a bit about your past and your journey. Has it always been easy for you to just completely own your authenticity and own, you know, leading in this way? Or has that been kind of a journey for you? Oh man, I think it's always, you know, when you become like the hero or heroine of your own story, there's always a journey that leads you there. And Mm -hmm. so it was really easy when I was a kid and I went to like a very hippie private school until sixth grade. And then in sixth grade, I went to public school and I was the biggest loser of all time. (laughs) I was just bullied and tormented and totally rejected just over and over again. And I spent a lot of years really unhappy, like really unhappy, miserable, depressed, self-loathing, just like not enjoying life in general in any way. And so it was very hard and it really... It took me reaching what my spiritual rock bottom looked like, which wasn't a specific moment. It was just a baseline, abysmal reality. I was just miserable for a long time. I was just so unhappy that I I was like, well, I can't keep living like this because if I live another moment or another week like this, life won't be worth living. And so, you know, there were so many things like, I can never pinpoint one single moment where, okay, I just like decided to all of a sudden be magical. But one of the big pieces that I always recommend to people is doing inner child work. And for me, when I would connect with my inner child, the thing that she was most disappointed in was that I had forgotten the magic, was that I I just didn't believe in what had been the, the fundamental nature, pun intended, of my reality when I was a little girl. And she was so disappointed. She was so hurt. And, you know, all of us have a, a child inside of us where our wounding occurred or was formed, you know, where someone told us we couldn't be this, or we shouldn't be like that, or don't dress like this, or don't touch yourself or whatever, like the, the big sort of core wound is that happens. There's part of our psyche that freezes in that moment. And it remains frozen until we can figure out how to thaw and melt that frozen need or, or that particular experience. And so for me, it just became like, okay, what do I want I want to live in a magical world. I want to live a magical life. I want to believe that the things that I thought were possible for myself when I was a child, I want to believe that those things are possible again. I don't, I can't keep pretending that I don't want what I always dreamed of for myself. And that was magic. That was like, you know, every book I read had some form or another of like powers and mysticism, you know, dragons and fairies and And so I just, and, you know, I do want to want to speak to this. I've been sharing this lately in podcasts because everybody asks this, this question of me and it isn't easy. 
it's still not easy every day to, to be placing myself in this sort of, you know, like iconic, it's really the hat that's iconic, right? Like when I wear that hat, that is an iconic image that connects to people in a deep way because it has meant evil this whole time. And then like, oh, look at her. She's pretty and she's well-spoken and she's smart. And like, it makes it accessible to people. It, it, it's such a cognitive dissonance to like see a witch in this way that it really does like kind of interrupt a pattern in people's minds. And that doesn't mean it's easy. It's hard. It takes so much courage every day. I still come against like the witch wound. You know, we all, all of our power, the reason why we don't have access to it, the reason why it's been severed from us is because the church and the patriarchy and the powers that were ruling our world really in, you know, from like the early 300s, 400s, when the Roman empire was like conquering all of Europe from that time through the, some of the last known witch burnings were like in the early 1900s. So it's really very recent that this has even been something that we can talk about out loud. Otherwise, if you talked about nature being able to heal you instead of God healing you, you'd be killed. If you talked about the worship you had once given or provided to the goddess instead of God the Father, you'd be killed. So we have this genetic, like cellular fear inside of ourselves of our own magic. And that is something that we all come up against, you know, anyone who wants to even just manifestation, right? Law of attraction, that's magic. This is like an old universal law from the hermetic tradition. And it's, it's really not for the faint of heart. But the thing is, is that the word courage comes from French to be of the heart. Cour, C-O-U-E-R in French means heart. And so if this is what your heart calls to, if magic, if a reality beyond what someone told you was possible or, you know, said was all you deserved or you'd never make anything else of this, of yourself, if that is what calls to you, the only thing you have to listen to is your heart is like the truth of what that little child inside of you wanted or dreamed could be possible. And it's, it's doesn't really get any easier. It just becomes more innate. It becomes more natural because what we're doing ultimately by healing those wounds is reconnecting to our original and innocent essence. Yeah, absolutely. And that image with the hat, you know, you wearing the hat, it's shocking. It's shocking because it's like, oh, the only time I've ever seen that is in a Halloween costume or in like literally old witch times. And that's like evil or satanic. And for many of us who have grown up with strong religious or Christian backgrounds, it's that shocking like, okay, but that's not serious because if it was, then that's bad or whatever, right? And it does have that cellular response of that trauma that we all have passed down in our lineage. Yeah, it requires a lot of bravery to be shocking as a woman in a way that is not sexual too. Because I think that in our current time, women are... We're now more embracing of women being sexually shocking. And that's because women have been so sexualized for so long. But to be shocking as a woman in a way that is not sexual, 
I think is also another way that we're like, wait, I feel something here. Like I feel something and I don't know what it is yet. And I don't, it's not bad. It's not good. It's not, I I don't know how to name it. It's just shocking. And so I think that that's a way of helping us awaken too, right? Things that we see without words, without knowing even can shock something into us and help us awaken without us even having conscious awareness of how it's helping us awaken. So I think that that's really powerful magic that you give is just that image as well. And you know, with human design, the most magical or amazing thing about it that I love is that that really resonated for me was that sense of like, follow your heart or be yourself and feeling like, okay, I want to, but I don't know how, like, I don't know who I am or I don't know what my heart's telling me and I don't know what my desires are. And seeing that reflected then in my human design chart of like, you have these blind spots and here's the languaging to tell you what is consistent for you. And then for me to be able to experiment with that and have that felt sense of, I've always felt this. And now having the language, it makes it real for me. It makes it something that I can easily understand and lean on. And now I have this just confidence with using my energy, interacting with people, letting go of judgment and comparison of others and how they're operating. And also just understanding how to alchemize any situation going from the lowest expression to into the highest expression with my gifts. So that that word alchemy, you said it in the beginning, and that's just such a big part of human design. We talk about this all the time, but human design with everything in our energetic body, there is a low expression, a high expression, an inward expression, how we work with it, and an outward expression, how we give this gift to other people and interact with others. So alchemy really is the basis of how we use our energy each and every day with interacting, whether that's with nature or with others or literally just being in the universe and with our chi, like it honestly is everything. So I love this idea of, or just what we're talking about here with with magic, because obviously in human design, they don't use that term, but it is that, it is that, it is magic. And you know, becoming your own authority, what we talk about so much in human design really is magic, like taking your magic back and claiming your magic and owning it and knowing how to use it in a way that can do things for you where without you even, you know, having an understanding of how it was possible of, and, and that is once again, very magical. So it's so fascinating. And I can't wait to later get into your chart and talk about it because so much of the stuff that you're sharing, I'm like, yep, that's all of your gifts coming together. And like, of course, this is what your path has been and what you're doing. But it's just so, it's just so fascinating to me. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And it's so, you know, all these different systems, they're so beautiful. They have so much information for us and divination itself, which is to divine meaning, right? Divine is one of my favorite words because it has so many different connotations to divine meaning from the world around us, from a system. Like astrology is the oldest science in the world and divination, right? And human design play, uh, plays a lot into astrology and or utilizes that, that ancient, ancient system, the oldest science in the world. And divination, divining meaning, understanding symbolism is so 
impactful. It's, it's something that we've been practicing as humans since the beginning of time. And, you know, Dana was talking about my, or like, you know, that we want to have this connection to intuition. And my book is actually called intuition about like that our intuition mm, is actually, love that. Our, yeah, it's inner wisdom. It's like, that is our wisdom. That is our voice, our inherent nature, talking to us, communicating with us. And augury is one of the oldest divination systems. And it was once receiving the information from the language of nature, the way that a flock of birds would fly by the way that waves would roll in and like what that meant for us. And when you were talking about, you know, the, the imagery and how that seeing something can affect us, that's our original language. And I always recommend the book to people, Alphabet versus the Goddess. And it's a, it's a deep exploration of how the gender of God was changed because originally we all came from the mother. We were all matriarchal societies and the two counterparts of the divine were the mother and the father. It was both, right? We needed both sides. And when we changed from pictographic or hieroglyphic type of language, that's very clear, right? Like, this picture of a bird means bird. This picture of a wave means wave. This picture of a hill means hill. When we change to abstract language, the side of our brains that we use to process information changed. And we change from right brain, feminine brain, creative brain into left brain, very abstract, right? All of a sudden, this symbol means this sound. And when you put all these symbols together, that symbol means this word that then means that thing that is bird. That's a lot more processing than like an instant recognition of something before us. And so our brains themselves have changed throughout time. And and that's why something like the hat and this icon causes something within us because that's the original way we received information and understood the world around us was just through imagery. And even in Harry Potter, every single class at Hogwarts is a real magical lineage. It's a real discipline. Arithmancy, you know, is, is the study of numerology and how numerology plays into language. Divination, again, like we talked about, is human design. It's understanding ourselves through this language that's being presented to us. And so it's just so intricate. It's so beautiful. And, and that's what's been such a gift for me. I'm so excited to hear more. Human design is one of the ones that I don't know that much about. So I'm excited that like, even here, she's doing the right thing, you know? Because, <laughs> um, in the Gene Keys, I just learned recently and I had like a psychedelic experience when I received this wisdom from a friend. But she like looked at my Gene Keys chart. She was like, oh, what's your life's purpose going to be? Magic? And we were all like laughing, haha. And then we looked and I like to call myself the young Professor McGonagall. And <laughs> my life's work in the Gene Keys is transfiguration. It's like the only word in the entire English language that could have that much significance to me. And I had this orgasmic, hyperventilating, psychedelic experience when she said that to me. I was like, <gasps> like crying. <laughs> like my friends were holding me. And I was like, it was so powerful. And that's because like these, these practices, these language, these divinatory systems have been part of our human consciousness since we, you know, awakened beyond our, our primal animal nature. And it's just, it's just so beautiful. It just makes me so excited. I'm just like, oh, it's so cool. You know, yeah, <laughs> these incredible star languages and systems and understand ourselves better. And yeah, that are guided on the path. 
that are channeled and that are that word divination. I just got back from um, two weeks in Egypt and divination was a big part of this initiation. So I don't know why this is all swirling around me so much right now is like- You're a witch girl. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But but in this moment in my life, I feel like it's like, okay, I don't know what, um, how this is all weaving together and coming through. But for whatever reason right now, it's all hyper-focused with like hieroglyphics and um, symbols and divination and ritual and even like, biblical roots within Egypt and the Bible and the Magdalene lineage. And just so much is really coming at me right now in this moment for some reason. So it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, all of these different systems and, you know, human design included, it's like this lens to view the same thing. And whether that's Western astrology or Vedic astrology or human design or the gene keys or numerology or whatever, they're all these tools that really just help us to have that Read liberation. Yeah. 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 It's it's ultimately liberation. Mm-hmm. Like really being free to understand the world around you and your energy and how it is impacted and connected and your purpose and that connection to not be weighed down and chained up and like closed in with all the conditioning, all of the things that you thought you had to be, or everyone's told you had to be, or you judged yourself because you weren't or whatever. It's just so freeing. And liberation is just like the word that kept coming to me in Egypt, like in all of the different temples was just like liberation. That is what the world needs. That's what we all desperately need, whether that's in our relationships or with our relationship to ourselves, or in any way. So it's just fascinating. I love that we're on this topic. And I wanted to ask you, you know, authenticity is a big part of our mission with human design, like being fully authentic. And how do you actually do that if you don't know who you are? And so that's always going to be the first step is figuring out who the fuck you are in general. But then having this authenticity of like the braveness to just be raw and real and like no pretense or acting or you should be this or that, but just authentically like this is where I'm at, how I'm feeling, what I'm doing. And this is real shit. And the more that we show up in that real way, it gives people permission to show up in a real way for them. And life just gets more fucking real, gets more real. And like, I feel like that's what everyone wants, but it's so hard to lead and have a business and, you know, make shit happen and all the things And when like you wake up and you have like 10 meetings and you feel like, like, fuck this. I don't want to do anything. Like that's my real fucking truth. Right. So authenticity, realness. I know that this is something that you've obviously claimed in your life. How has that journey been as being like an entrepreneur and also a real ass bitch and all of the things? (laughs) Oh my goddess. I mean, it's been what has built everything for me. I, I didn't, you know, I think that it's important to note for people listening that 
I didn't know I was going to be a professional witch. I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to run Hogwarts and that's going to be what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to make sure that every step I'm taking is leading me in that direction. I had no idea. You know, there, there was, like I said, an overarching desire to live a magical life, but I never expected that to be like levitation or, you know, sending a Patronus out from my hands. Like I, for me, it was about what feels right and what guidance and what counsel can I trust? We talk about the word confidence a lot. The word confidence comes from Latin confidere. It means trust and to trust in the benevolence of the universe. That doesn't mean bad shit isn't going to happen to you. It is. When I was 16, I almost lost my arm in an accident. I almost became an amputee. That helped me become who I am. It did at first, like send me down into the depths of my own abysmal darkness for like a decade. And then ultimately it was also what made me want to like claw myself tooth and nail out of that same hole. And so I think that, you know, even when you look at the root of the word, obviously, as you can tell, I love etymology and the origin of why so many of our words like which have been turned against us. And for me, I think the reason why I've been so successful in business and why I've been able to build something that like literally wouldn't have even been possible a few decades ago is because authenticity, auto means self. And so I just let, whether you want to call it the petals of the lotus or the layers of the onion, just keep peeling back. I just kept peeling layers back. And what my, I did originally, my business was based on prior to like fully, fully owning the witch thing was working with female entrepreneurs as a one-on-one coach, which I still do. I have amazing clients that I love so much. And it's really about like, what is your self's voice? What is your personal power? What is your gift? What is your message? What do you need to heal most? Because often that's what we need to teach, right? Is we learn how to heal something within ourselves. We learn how to reclaim power from conditioning, from programming, from limiting beliefs. And that's what then leads to our liberation, right? Limitation leads to liberation. And so, you know, that was how I actually built my business at first was because again, like I said, like a lot of witches will teach you even a lot of books, you know, they're like, this is the robes you need to wear. And these are the words you need to say. And this is the way that the ritual needs to go. I just don't buy that. I'm not going to know ritual ever. Even like when like systems are like, this is the way to enlightenment. I'm like, then it's not the way for me. Bye. Yeah. When you're telling someone that this is the way to get there, the same as, you know, if someone talks about, you know, a car accident, I have personal traumatic experience with that, but another person might not. So if we use that example, it's going to have a deeper impact on me than it does on them. They're like, oh, I've never been in a car accident. Cool. Like that doesn't apply to me. And so the reason why I think my business and my life and my coaching and and me becoming myself has created the sort of standard societal definition of success, which means like financial freedom and travel and all these things. But for me, it's really about like, I feel like I said yes to the call of my soul. I feel like I was willing to follow the guidance. I listened to my intuition. I let myself hear like crazy things that seem really scary and I do them anyways. And I feel like for the most part, you know, we just aren't 
taught to trust that voice, to trust in the benevolence of ourselves or the universe. And my intention is to give everyone the most meaningful path for them. What is, you know, I do a lot of like social media strategy now because like I've done so well on social media by being myself, you know? And so that's a lot of what I support female entrepreneurs with. And again, like I said, you know, we, we have to master that thing within ourselves in order to teach it. And my goal was to just feel comfortable being myself. I didn't even have to know who that was at the beginning. It just was a feeling it was a vibration that I was seeking and that I would, you know, like I said, listen to the, she says, go right. You know, she says, lay down on the earth. There were times where I would go out into nature and the goddess or mother earth or whatever the, the voice of our intuition is. I Mine, I feel like the source is the planet herself as this living sentient deity. And she'd be like, I want you to just lay down face down right now. I'd be like, okay. And I would end up laying face down on the ground for like four or five hours. Oh my God. <laughs> so my whole nervous system would like melt into her. And I could feel the song of her energy, of her spirit unifying with my own. Like that shit's fucking weird, you know? Like, yeah. oh, just lay down on the ground for five hours. And every time I would listen to those things that felt like, an invitation from myself, that's what would lead the, the, who I became on the other side of that was a more authentic version of me because I listened. And, And I think that's the biggest key is we've forgotten how to listen to our own internal voice. And we've forgotten that our planet is a source of that voice as the mother we all share as the, the being that has in fact created all of us. And, you know, that's that piece, like we were talking about with the divine is like those, the mother and father in, in religion became the father and the devil, like mm-hmm. the mother yeah. was turned into the father and the father was turned into the devil. That horned God, that masculine horned being was originally like the stag, the, you know, the deer, the counterpart, the ram, all of the masculine counterparts were these like horned hooved beings to the, to the you know, female energy. And and so we've just like internalized this, this evil energy that, that isn't true. It was originally this balance in nature. And, and when we can remember to listen to that energy of nature within ourselves, we can heal the stories that make us think that we're evil or bad or that something we're doing is wrong. And that's how we then become more of ourselves because we're releasing the opinions that actually weren't ours to begin with. Yes. All of that is so powerful. And it's really beautiful because this talking about this conversation of masculine and feminine in human design, we call these same two energies, leftness and rightness, like just like how you were talking about the left and right brain, right? So this feminine energy is so connected to this witchery and this magic and aligning with the greater forces that are trying to support you. And the only way you can do that is through your authenticity and through trusting your inner authority, like all of these things that we've talked about. And it's, it's beautiful to see because we're really in this pivotal moment right now, a paradigm shift away from that leftness, that masculine only drive power over assertiveness, like piercing through anything with force in order to get what we want. And we're really shifting into more of this rightness, divine feminine, right? This 
realigning with the magical forces that are our true power. Our power comes in that alignment and receiving support and answers. It's not always how hard can you force yourself? How penetrative can you be through all of the muck? Like there's obviously always going to be a balance of those things in the healthiest harmony of life, but seeing people rediscover this rightness, you know, letting, allowing, aligning. And that's a big thing that I've been feeling and hearing as you've been talking is like this divine feminine power and how that looks so different then a lot of the roles that we've seen, you know, traditional roles of power that we've seen. So we're really in this time of redefining that. And I think it's so beautiful that, you know, something I was reading about in, in a lot of the content that you've shared is talking about pleasure and play. And for anyone listening, Mia is a one, three man gen. So obviously as a manifesting generator, that playfulness and really needing to just explore and be expansive and release those limits for confinement, that is huge medicine for any manifesting generator. And when you tap into that, you end up being a beacon that reminds us how powerful playfulness and pleasure are. And I think it's so interesting how our conditioning has um, you know, told us to disconnect from these two things, these two things that are, you know, in quotes, enjoyable. Of course, it depends on your own experience, your own conditioning, things like that. But why do you think these, you know, pleasure and play, why do you think that people are still having such a hard time just allowing themselves to connect with that? And how do you think people can start uh, making that shift and allowing those things into their life again? It's so interconnected with everything. Pleasure is our ultimate power, really. I mean, if you look at everything that the patriarchy and the church has programmed us to do, it's to take our power away from us. It's to keep us enslaved, whether mentally or physically, to keep us down, suppressed. You know, we're not allowed to feel our emotions, which are a part of our power. We're not allowed to experience our pleasure because it's dangerous. You know, that was a big part. And this all plays into the witch wound, right? And it's not just like, oh, the magical version of ourselves wound. It's the wound of our inherent wisdom. And so- Play is actually the most powerful way for a child's brain to develop. And instead, we put them into a little box and make them sit still and not do anything. And that's a huge reason why ADD and ADHD are like massively overdiagnosed and children are massively overmedicated because we're not letting them do the thing that they're divinely designed to do. And, you know, this is a huge part of my program, Sorceress and and the word, why I spell it the way I do and like sourcing our own power, filling ourselves. And this goes back to that inner child. We all have that little being inside of us. They're always there. And when we can find the permission to play, right? Like that's how this all started. Like, oh, how did you begin your journey? I just started like playing the way that I would have as a little girl and feeling what might be possible in my adult life. And then it became possible. It actually worked. And, you know, pleasure, I think like we call it the big bang, right? The the universe forming in this like explosion. I'm like, that sounds like a big cosmic orgasm to me. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> like, or, or a cosmic birth, right? Even yeah. all of our stories. Oh, you know, woman was formed from Adam's rib. Athena burst forth from Zeus's head. That's just not accurate. 
No being on earth has ever burst forth from the masculine principle. Goddess, bless it. We need it. Like I got a six, five Viking downstairs who I fucking worship. I love that man so much. Like when we first got together, he read this book and called when God was a woman. And he's like, man, fuck the patriarchy. I'm like, yes, King. <laughs> like we all, and he's like, he always says like, I'm a goddess on the inside. I'm like, yes, you are baby. You know, yeah. we all have this playful, creative energy inside of ourselves. And I have utilized sex magic, which is the act of manifesting through pleasure, through orgasm to create so many of the things that I have in my life, because that creative energy is our sexual energy. You know, we don't always make a child with it, but, but it is the same exact frequency and energy. And so when we're being creative, right, when we're in our playful energy, what do we want to make? It's like when we see the little box and you're a kid and all of a sudden it's a spaceship and you're like, woohoo, let's go to the moon. You know, you're creating not only a, a different version of the box in front of you, which is, you know, the metaphor is not lost on us. You're making the box into something magical. And then you're creating this experience. You're generating the feelings of like how exciting it is for you to drive the spaceship. And you're in this state of pleasure, enjoyment that also sort of in, like informs and also deepens and integrates that reaction to the playfulness. It, it does generate power. And so those two pieces are, they are our greatest gifts. And we've just forgotten so much how to connect with them. And that's what the essence, like you're saying, what I share. And, and that is the Tantra being the backbone of my witchcraft and, and my wisdom and how we utilize energy and all of these different elements. They are just different energies and frequencies that we've been cut off from and made to believe are dangerous because ultimately when we're in our power, when we connect to that intuition, when we are aware that the whole world around us is a reflection, our body is the earth, our blood is the water, our breath is the wind, and our electricity is the fire or is the light inside of us, then we all have this unique spirit, this essence of our souls that's, that makes us both the same and completely different simultaneously. When we're aware of that, there isn't any room for a middleman between us and God. There isn't yeah. any room for someone to tell us what we should or shouldn't do because we were like, well, no, I have my own inner authority. I, I actually, and again, same beginning of the word, auto, self, like I am my authority. I am my source. I am filling into my, my own rising, you know, rising up into that version of myself that knows I am a reflection of the universe and I can trust in myself. And so, you know, play and pleasure are, are just two of the ultimate foundations, I think, for reclaiming our power because they have been stripped from us. And anytime you were even just like little girls playing outside in the woods together could be taken and tortured and killed just for like being witches. You know, it's just... It was crazy. And I have a theory that like some, the original guy who wanted to like 
you know, kill all the witches, probably just got denied by some sexy ass woman, you know, got rejected and he wanted to fuck. And she was like, nah, not interested. And then he was like, oh, well, you know, we're all going to turn against you. And it just became this massive perpetual cycle. Even the, the word virgin originally meant sovereign and the vestal virgins were these sovereign priestesses of the goddess that choice whether or not I'm going to let a man into my body, whether or not I'm going to open the gates of my temple, that was this honor or this gift or this blessing that would be bestowed on specific men or people who were worthy of that experience, who were in their own inner authority, their own you know kingdom. And that's what a virgin was. Like everything has just been skewed away from us owning our pleasure and and playing with it ultimately too. Like it is when you're really like in that lovemaking energy, it is playful. It's fun. It's sacred. It's magical. And all of that has been, you know, like we said at the beginning, turned into this like sexualized, you know, dirty and porn and all of these things, like everything that is meant to support us becoming our authentic selves and our own inner authority has, has been, you know, reduced and relegated to the realm of evil and bad and wrongness. And so that's controlled. Yeah, exactly. And controlled. And you know, what you're sharing about, ultimately, you know, your power being taken away from you is also what you were talking about with, you know, you have to do these rituals, you have to wear these robes, you have to do wear these colors and say these prayers in this amount of time. Like that's the same thing as, you know, going to church and having to confess your sins to a priest and then they talk to God for you. It's still giving your power away. And we're so individualized. We're such unique individuals and we're all God or goddess and we're all that divine source. So taking your power back in the little moments of let me go lay on the earth and hear what I hear and do what I hear and take action on that and play with that and create with that. That is ultimately taking your power back. And you don't have to like go on some freaking seven-year journey to get your power back. Like you can literally right now step outside in your yard and take your power back. Where you're sitting right now, you can hit pause on this and just tune in and take your power back. And and play with it and see what you hear and lean in and have that like discovery, juicy, magical connection that is within you as an individual. And, you know, as we're moving into this new paradigm, it's all about being an individual, not being in a collective box of this religion or that practice or this ritual or this country or this way of working or whatever. It really is me as Shayna, as an individual. This is what my divinity looks like. This is what my intuition, my truth, my path looks like. And for you, that's what your path looks like. And you identify as you and I identify as me. And there's harmony in that. And there's bliss and joy and play in that. And another thing you were speaking on, you know, human design has this you know, theorizes on the Big Bang being conception and that the universe expanding is a fetus moving towards birth, moving towards being born. And we all are, you know, essentially inside of this fetus as and ourselves being a universe essentially that was born. We had our own big bang within this universe. And it's almost playing on, you know, or tapping into 
within, so without. So like the universe around us also being the universe within us. And we're all having the same experience on massive scale, like our whole entire fucking universe. And also inside our own bodies. And every time that we have a big bang, a creation, that sex magic, or having a baby or having just an idea or taking action on an intuition that we felt, that is that same exact energy within ourselves. And all the tiny little, you know, freaking trillions of organisms within our body are maybe little universes and planets having their own fucking big bangs and experiences all the time too. So like you can get really fucking heady with this and I could go down this rabbit hole forever, but it's really just tapping into like your limitless, powerful, like fucking God universe potential and truth that you are. And when you tap into that perspective, I think it just feels so like, what do you fucking want? Yeah. Right? Like, what do you want? Because that is your truth. And if that's your truth, like, damn, like you better claim what you want because you're creating all the time. You are expanding all the time as the universe is. So it's like, which way do you want to expand? So it's really, really fascinating. And I want to get into your chart for a bit because I know we have to go soon, but your chart is so powerful. And one of the main things that stands out is you're really tapped into the seasons and cycles. You have this channel, this gift that's all about having an innate sense or instinct around when something is birthing or growing, maturing, dying, and it's dead. And now a rebirth is coming. It's called the channel of maturation. So it's really having this sense where you can, you know, use this with a client and say like, oh, your business is just getting started. Like you need to do A, B, C, and D. This is where you've been. This is kind of how you're growing, or this is coming to an end. It's time to let something die and a rebirth is happening. But also you use this internally with your own seasons. You notice this in everything where you're just easily able to see the seasons and death and rebirth that things are going through. And so people with this energy, you know, we see, this is a rare gift to have, but we see a lot where people who have this, they are uh, doulas or death doulas or have startups or they coach clients or they're really tapped into the magic of the world with all of the different seasons and how that's reflected within us and without us and everything. So this is a very witchy energy in the chart. Anyone that has this, we always say that. You also have this gift around wanting to empower people to be their own authority, not wanting to do it for them, not wanting to hold their hand and micromanage, but wanting to give them the tools so that way they can access what is right for them and they can make the change and make their life better because they have, they're empowered to do so. So all about empowerment, all about the cycles and seasons. And then also on this other end here, you have all about the full spectrum of life's emotions and feeling, depth of feeling, wanting to provoke people to really raise their consciousness in all ways, in in the depths and despair and heartbreak and hopelessness, all the way up to the 
ecstasy and elation and hope and pleasure and joy and knowing, having this wisdom that it's all meant to be felt and we're meant to have the full spectrum, not just the beautiful rainbows, butterflies, amazingness side, but also as we expand, it's like Dana talks about this. It's like a tree, like the roots go down into the earth and the canopy goes up into the sky and it happens at the same time you're really gifted and have so much wisdom around that full spectrum. And it's a part of your medicine that you share with, with the world. So just hearing you talk, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this in your chart, that in your chart. And to top it all off, you have this channel of money. So this is where you're really good at, you know, handling resources and talking about money and not being afraid to claim your worth and claim what you want and direct your life and help people manifest the life that they want and that they deserve while still having this gate 25 energy, this spiritual love and reverence for all beings being worthy and equal and deserving of love and having this deep reverence, this like spiritual love for a tree, a plant, a human, an animal, a a freaking fairy, like literally all beings having this reverence and spiritual love for it. So I know that I just rattled a ton off to you because I wanted to just like love you up, but it's just crazy to see it like reflected in your chart because we all have these unique gifts, but yeah. yeah, I think that that's, you know, I'm glad that you said the money piece because for me, the one thing that is, I mean, the true nature of abundance is the earth. So when we're taking from the earth, we're actually operating from scarcity. And that's how like most of our capitalism is pretty extractive. You know, we order everything in plastic from Amazon and and the greatest way that I have attracted money is by being in alignment with the earth. And so that leads into all the other pieces that you're talking about, about like, what is my authority and, you know, the magic itself and the cycle of seasons, right? It for me, like the more I am conscious and aware, like I only pee outside, you know, it's like one degree outside and I only pee outside because like, I'm not going to put pee into the clean water system. You know, I just don't do that. Just like really crazy, weird little things. I, you know, I always make sure that I'm composting, like just everything that I do that's intentionally to care for the earth. I only buy used clothing. I don't buy brand new stuff. I only get everything from like the real, real and thread up and Poshmark and vintage stores. Like only exclusively. And so that's been a huge piece of my abundance that I think nobody talks about in terms of money is like the more we are connected to nature, the more her true nature of abundance can then be reflected to us. And that's a huge, huge piece in that. And then you keep saying like, as within, so without. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the universal laws. That is uh, the law of correspondence. That is what intuition and my book is all about, is that everything with us as the microcosm has a reflection in the macrocosm and vice versa. So I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. It's all just so alive. (laughs) Great. And to have started this off with this discussion of, of coming into the season of death and mm-hmm. dormancy and quiet, you know, and, and as women, we are all magnetized by the moon, you know, the less artificial lighting and artificial hormones we have, we're the same percentage of water as this planet is. Mm-hmm. And all the waters on the planet are controlled by the moon, you know? And so our blood, our cyclical nature, you know, even right now, like I just started my moon this morning. And so I'm even in my own winter right now. You know, like <laughs> in my own internal winter, just for these next five days, and we all have these these seasons, and when we can tune in with them and align with them, I think that that is not only our 
our own internal expression of fulfillment. Like that's why all the practices in Sorceress are like what you said, you know, you can pause this and go reclaim your power instantly. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the whole program is about is like, here's these, you know, 20 different practices that will just immediately help you reclaim your power. And, and we are so capable of doing that. And that power, that recognition, that acknowledgement of the natural world around us is, is what I feel feel and what I've experienced is what allows us to be the sorceress, to be living our most magical life and to actualize abundance in our lives, whatever that means for us. You know, we've been programmed to think it's just one thing, but it's, it's so many things. It's good friends and it's a purposeful life, no matter how much money you're making. And it's being a good parent or a good, you know, container for a book to come through or, you know, really just honoring whatever it is that we're meant to birth no matter what creative energy that carries and holds. And it's, it's the best. It just yeah. feels so good. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm so inspired by you saying that you only pee outside. Something ignited within yeah. me. I heard you say that. I was like, oh my, you I'm can like, do that? I need the logistics on that because like, <laughs> I mean, how, I like do you have like her. one spot that you always pee in and just like <laughs> smells like pee? Or like <laughs> you find a new spot just every time? I just go wherever I want. I mean, like right now, sometimes it's fun to be like, oh, I'm going to melt this snow right here. You know, like yeah, it is really fun. <laughs> yeah. It makes a perfect little tunnel down through yeah. the snow. Yeah. That is so true. I love it. And I've I'm, never peed in the snow. Now you I'm have realizing. It? No, oh. I have never peed in the snow. I'm adding it to the bucket list. Yeah. It's just part of like, even what you were talking about, the full spectrum of emotions. Emotions are our water element. They are our sexual energy. They're our creative energy. Like all life comes from water. Life responds responds to the tides of the, of the ocean and in response to the moon, you know? So like when we are, there's not a better system right now, unfortunately for like all of our waste, Mm -hmm. but at least with that, like for me, there's something about returning my waters to the earth instead Mm -hmm. of like toxifying the water system, you know, like the water that is in our toilets is cleaner than a lot of countries on earth. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And we ship into it, you know, and like that energy is also a reflection micro macro of how we disrespect our emotions of how yeah. we, we say that like our creative energy is not good or like boys, you know, big boys don't cry and like good girls don't get angry. It's like, well, actually that's not true. And the result of that is just so much more pain. Men who don't feel like they're safe to cry or safe to experience their emotions. They, they, you know, that can manifest as disease. It can manifest as like okay, finally, like I've pushed it, pushed it, pushed it down. And then like, it's a volcano erupting within me and it's no longer just some tears. It's like fire and it's destruction that's emerging from me. And, you know, our tears are the only way that our body can naturally release the stress hormone cortisol. That's like the only way is through our tears. And we've just forgotten that so much. And so that's just one way that, you know, we can be in harmony with the waters. We can give ourselves permission to be connected to that flow of life and and our full spectrum, right? The same as like a still glassy surface of a lake is very different than a tsunami rolling through. Like water has so many expressions. And, And so, you know, every day we can just look at how can I be more in alignment with these elements of nature? Yeah. And what does that look like with the elements within me? If I'm more attuned to the element of water, how can I be more attuned to my emotions or my creativity or my sexuality? 
I am so inspired that I'm like, (laughs) you just like blew my mind with this. I'm going to go on this whole journey with, with really tapping into respecting the earth even more and the waters even more. I've never thought about peeing Mm -hmm. into, (laughs) so now I'm like, okay, do you wear something where that's not going to get like splattered on? Like, do you like, (laughs) I need need to know because I have to pee right now. And I'm sure people listening have (laughs) to pee right now too. And they're like, okay, you know what? This next pee, I'm going to do it outside. Go out into the earth, girl, into the garden, onto the grass, wherever. It doesn't splash. You know, you pop a squat. You're like down on the ground. You're like an inch or two from the ground. It's easy. Okay. That's I'm same thing with my it. blood. I don't let a drop yeah. of go into the toilet. No, because yeah, that I is know. sacred. That is like my, this is my liquid life force creation magic. You know, it's like, I want every drop of that either to go back to the earth, to feed her, to let her know that what falls and sheds from me is meant to become the alchemy, the the compost that feeds what grows next. And, you know, it's just, it's like, you don't have to be as extreme as I am, but the, even just you two responding with that. And hopefully those of you who are listening, responding in even just a small way is like, I've done what I needed Mm -hmm. to do in that moment. Yeah. And I love the correlation of that having a deeper reverence and respect for mother nature's abundance and the connection to our abundance in our life. Right. I think that that is a super important message. I'm really inspired by hearing it. So I'm excited to read your book and I know everyone here is too. And we'll all be keeping an eye out for that, but how can people have a year for that one? But yeah, yeah we'll be waiting patiently, just sending our love to it and super just excited for when in it. our backyards waiting <laughs> for that book to come out. But tell us where can people connect with your offerings now and how can people work with you? Yeah. So right now I have a new program, like I mentioned, called Sorceress, that is a collection of all of the embodiment practices that I have utilized to really create abundance and authenticity and inner authority and a connection to my intuition for myself. So that program begins on February 16th, depending on where and when you're listening from. And all of my work, my YouTube is longer form content, just like deeper dives into some of these rabbit holes we love to go down. And my Instagram is obviously like the, the little tidbits, but it's all Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K. Make sure you spell it properly because I got a lot of impersonators. There's only one. Yeah. And so both my website, my Instagram and my YouTube are all that M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K. And there's so many different ways. You know, we didn't even mention that I lead retreats in castles all across the world and uh, give people the full experience of coming to Hogwarts for the week. So I have a retreat in Ireland over Beltane, which is the celebration between spring equinox and summer solstice. So it's like a coming of the summer. It's an ancient fire and fertility festival. So we're going to go to Ireland uh, May 3rd through 8th. And yeah, there's just so many ways to, to step into to your magic and and join me in living your most magical life. <laughs> so cool. Oh my gosh. I want to go to Ireland. That sounds amazing. Girl, so exciting. Level. You want to do some sex magic in the forest and some interpersonal transfiguration? It's yes. <laughs> sex magic is another thing that's been coming through that I'm just wanting. I'm going to dive down that whole rabbit hole. So, so cool. Can't wait to check that out. And I love it. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your gifts. And I just can't wait to keep connecting with your offerings. And maybe we'll all just connect in Ireland someday. So that sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day, everyone. And thank you for being here. And we just want to invite you to find a little time today to tap into that intuition that 
our reclaiming of self and play and listening, or even just, you know, peeing outside today, (laughs) whatever you're feeling called towards, we love it. And we're inviting you to go there. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week.